So hello and welcome to my podcast, podcast Conversations with David. I am your host, David Owasi. And on this podcast, we're talking to professionals and entrepreneurs across the country. We're learning about what keeps them passionate, what keeps them going. And we're also talking about lessons learned along the way. I am here with my very good friend, Tanjit Nagra. Uh, Tanjit is someone I've known since my university days, and I'm excited to have on the podcast. Why don't you introduce yourself, Tanjit? Sure. Hi, everyone. And to everyone's listening, I'm super excited to join David today. And David, thanks for having me. Uh, so my name is Tanjit Nagra. Um, where should I start uh, about myself? Um, uh, I'm uh, residing in Winnipeg, Manitoba, born and raised here. Uh, I, um, I'm currently pursuing an MBA at the Asper School of Business, and I also work full time uh, for a not-for-profit organization. And on top of that, I, uh, I uh, volunteer for lots of different organizations uh, and try and keep myself sane during this pandemic. So uh, it's always nice uh, to virtually see folks and, uh, and try and do some good for the community. Absolutely. Thank you, Tanjit. And I am very excited about our conversation today. We have a few things to cover. You've uh, so far led a very interesting life. And uh, I definitely want to ask you a few things about them. I'll start out from you know, where I got to know you, which was our university days. So you were uh, the president of, of the University of Manitoba Student Union, uh, which has what, over 25,000 students, I think. So that was yeah, that's, there. that's a big deal. So yeah. I'm very curious. <laughs> My first question is, what really got you interested in university politics in the first place? How did your interest arise uh, in that side of things? Sure, that's a good question. Um, so um, honestly, like when I got into university, so I started in the fall 2013, um, straight after high school. And my goal was to like, I was very involved in high school, but I decided, you know, when I get to university, I'm just gonna, you know, focus on academics, uh, you know, get my degree, get out kind of thing. Um, and I never really thought about getting involved. Uh, but then my, uh, I believe like late, late into my first month, almost in my second month of, um, of school, a friend of mine um, from high school, uh, graduate year before me reached out and said, Hey, I think you should join uh, the student council I'm on. Um, so I was in the university one, um, like the first year program. Um, and um, he said, you know, you should join, I think you'd be really good at it. Um, long story short, he convinced me to run and I ran for vice president and I was elected. And then that opened a whole other <laughs> a whole other door uh, for me. And I started getting very involved on campus. Um, and also kind of shifted focus as to what I wanted to do. Uh, originally coming in, I thought I wanted to pursue something in the health sciences, health field. Um, but, um, you know, after kind of getting involved and kind of taking lots of electives and really kind of exploring my degree, I decided to do a Bachelor of Arts degree in political science, which politics was always an interest of mine, but I never thought about studying it until I took intro to politics and was like, hey, I really like this sort of stuff. So I decided to pursue it. And then one thing led to another. And I got involved in the Arts Student Body Council first as an appointed member, then I was uh, the elected president. Um, and I got involved in, in the UMSU campaigns, uh, the student union campaigns uh, pretty early. Um, and then, um, uh, then in uh, the 2016 election, uh, I ran with a team and um, I was elected as president and then I was reelected the following year after. So I did two terms. So. Fantastic. That's yeah. amazing. So can, walk me through your thought process. What was it like, you know, taking classes on one side and then, you know, running for office, even though it was a university setting, how were you able to balance both sides and how did you approach that balance? Yeah, definitely challenging. Um, I think the first year I, I took like maybe a class a semester at most, like it was very hard 
kind of challenge like kind of juggling both um mm-hmm. i found it very tra- challenging and um and also because like you know it was a very new role and it really took time to really learn the organization everything it does um and learn why things are done the way they are and the processes and everything um it takes a lot of work um and you have a very short amount of time to learn and actually pursue your own projects because the terms are only a year long um so with that uh, second year, I definitely took on a few more classes, but with the roles at the time, you could only pursue part-time um, studies while you were doing a role because they were full-time um, and then some, right? There were more than just like the nine to five type work hours. It was sometimes 12 hour, 14 hour days, um, but it was rewarding work that we were doing. And I actually really enjoyed it. Um, it got, it, you got exposed to just so many different um, things like, you know, managing multi-million dollar budgets, um, you know, advocating for students. Um, you have the business components, the services, uh, just so much to the organization and just so well-established. And, um, um, and uh, you know, you're also responding to 25,000 people why you made a decision a certain way so uh, it can be quite daunting um, but uh, overall very rewarding and that's what really kept me going um, and what and led me to pursuing a second term um, uh, after that so uh, yeah no definitely challenging but definitely really rewarding wow that's fantastic and you know tangent myself at some point i think in my second or third day of university i was almost tempted to uh you know go run for some particular position in my department though not at a you know larger level but as i was exploring that i just felt that i could not combine that with everything i was doing i just thought it was too overwhelming Uh, my my question for you is what would you say was your biggest learning um just know from the perspective of life and you know you were very young at that point you were probably what maybe 2019 or yeah it was around there i think mm-hmm. i was elected when i was 20. Yeah. right yeah uh, and how what would you say was your biggest learning in terms of uh, you know this was a very very new experience for your life and the reason why i asked that is of course some of our listeners are still in their you know early teens or I guess late teens I suppose or early 20s and potentially in university trying to figure out you know what their interests are do they want to run for office and go into politics like you did what was your learning for yourself and if you were looking at if you were talking to your younger self from now what would you say uh, was uh, some of the things you learned and why you ran for office yeah well I think first and foremost just professionally um you know, I'm really glad that I opened myself up to new experiences. Uh, that was the first thing, because if I hadn't, then I wouldn't probably wouldn't have been um, super president. If I didn't make that initial step to get involved, if I didn't listen to that one friend that encouraged me to, then I probably wouldn't have gone to gone, gone to that point. Um, so I'm very grateful to that friend till this day. Um, and he knows who he is. I thanked him before. Um, but, um, it's, it's really, uh, that's a part of it. Having that circle around you of supported, supportive people. And, you know, I always heard when I was younger, like, oh, when you get older, you're going to be able to count your good friends, uh, you know, on one hand. And I was like, oh, I'm friends with everyone, you know, type of thing, or I get along with everyone, which is fine. Um, but it's very true. Like, you know, to this day, like the people, like if, you know, if I'm, if I'm in a, you know, if I'm in a, a compromised position or whatever it may be, if I'm having trouble with something like there are, there are a core group of people that I would turn to, uh, or a core number of folks. So, um, that's definitely very true. And it's so important to have those supportive people around you. Cause without those folks, like I probably wouldn't have put my name on the ballot at any point. Like it really took people encouraging me to do so. Uh, so that was really important for my experience. Um, and in terms of actually like doing the job, um, I would say, um, 
definitely listening is super important. I knew that before, but really like, um, you know, you get to the point where, um, I remember my second year, there's definitely times where I felt like, okay, I, I know all this, like, and I know what I'm doing. Um, you know, I'm, uh, you know, and you get kind of, um, you get kind of, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I would say like, you know, you're, you're kind of at that point where you're almost like, um, um, you're like a repeating record almost, right? Like, you're like, you're like, I know how to do this. I've done this a thousand times. Like, this is the way it is. And you're kind of, you're, you forget sometimes like, Hey, I got to really listen to people's concerns. Um, and really, you know, kind of walk them through it because not everyone sees what I see. Right. Um, and I definitely always took the time to listen to people. Sometimes I wouldn't always agree with them. Um, and sometimes I'm just like, I'm like, no, it's like this, like, you know, like, but, um, having that patience is really important as well. Um, and taking the time to, you know, explain to folks like why things are a certain way um you know are really really key um so definitely uh listening um you know patience um you know just being respectful of folks uh, i think is really important and um you know all these things i did just sometimes you know it was really good to just remember those basic things yeah. Uh, but yeah definitely have a supportive network around you and and be open to new opportunities is uh, the few things i would say Absolutely. Thanks, Danji. That's a wonderful answer. I wanted to seize on, on one of the things you mentioned in your response, which was, uh, you know, having the right people around you. And just looking at my own personal experience, I moved to Canada when I was just about 18. I started my first semester without knowing anyone because I didn't graduate from high school. What would your advice be to someone, say they were in their first or second year of university and they really don't have that network? How do you go about finding the right people to surround yourself with? What should you be looking for in potential friends? Or I, or I guess the friends who you would say have encouraged you to have some of the success you've experienced. What were you looking for? Yeah, um, I think um, for me, I, I, I naturally kind of became friends with folks just because of the activities I was partaking in, the extracurricular things I was doing. Um, but um, you know, I, for folks that maybe aren't doing that and, you know, are, are, are on a different routine or you know, interested in different things, um, you know, it's hard making new friends. I remember getting to first year university, I'm like, how do you make new friends? Like, you know, even striking up a conversation with a person you don't know is kind of awkward, right? Mm -hmm. I remember when I was running and having to get people that I was kind of like big big like 100 plus lecture uh lectures with um asking him to sign my nomination form right um and uh you know i remember that was it was a daunting task because it's you know you have to really you know kind of just start uh, talking on the blue and everyone kind of looks at you like who are you why are you talking to me so um it's not easy in that sense but you know once you you know if you start getting involved here and there go to an event you know um or you know just uh if you're sitting around the same people all the time you know take take the take a second like hey like you know i've noticed I've, I've noticed you a few times this is my name um and uh you know it's 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 nice to see you i see you around quite often um you know ask them to study together or something you know um obviously right now because of covid can't do that as much but when things are back to normal um you know there's small things you can do um that i think um you know is is an easy way to kind of build those relationships but uh, yeah. definitely not easy yeah thanks for that <laughs> answer so basically, basically yeah. what I'm hearing from me is you're saying, you know, start out with what you're interested in and then start participating in activities and then participating mm -hmm. in activities you're interested in will help you connect people who perhaps have similar interests to you. And then you can start expanding your network and influence from there. Is that what I'm hearing from you? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So on the flip side, so we've talked about all the positives, which, you know, very mm -hmm. awesome. I am very, very curious, considering your experience, what would you say were the negatives for you or maybe let's say challenges 
or disappointments from your experience yeah. you know in student politics anything you can share on that note Oh, I'm sure there's lots. Um, <laughs> the positives definitely outweigh the negatives, but there were times where, you know, you'd have a very tough day, um, you know, in that role. Um, and um, any, any, any role, you're, you know, up to, up, up to some degree of scrutiny, really. Um, the one thing is like, you know, as you said, 25,000 plus students, um, you're going to piss someone off <laughs> with one of your decisions. You're going to upset someone with one of your decisions. Could be a minor thing. Someone will be annoyed, right? Mm. Um, I think for me at the beginning, it was really tough. Like, you know, how can I balance both of that? Sometimes you really can't. Um, but when you make a decision, you really need to stick to it. You know, that's why, you know, before I made a decision, I always took the time, you know, to, to research, understand, um, you know, or at least I tried to, uh, to the best of my ability. Cause if, you know, I got questions about it from those that they weren't happy with it, at least I could, I could, I could vouch for it. And I would know at the end of it, it was the right decision. Right. If after a conversation, if I was like, Oh my God, did I, did I, or Oh my goodness, did I, did I do the wrong thing? Then it's probably like, okay, I think I rushed this decision, you know? So, so learning from those types of experiences are really important important really taking the time um, to understand why why a certain decision is being made and sticking to it um, is important but you know if you do make make a incorrect decision then making sure that you know you own up to it as well um, but I would say like um, you know in addition to the decision making I think the biggest thing that I really had a challenging time with uh, were uh, what I like to call the keyboard warriors out there um, you know folks that would be upset about something but rather than coming to you or sending you a note about it they would go to their social media and they would write something gross about you or ugly about you. Um, and I never liked that because I, I would never retaliate in any sense. And, um, you know, sometimes I remember in, on Facebook, I would get tagged in comments and there'd be like 50 comments or whatever. And I'm like, you know, I'm not going to respond to this. I'm not going to get into this nitty gritty. Um, we put a post up of what, what, you know, of a decision or whatever the issue is. Um, and, you know, you can come ask us there or come, come talk to me. I always welcome folks to, you know, come, uh, I've open office hours. I sit at degrees for a few hours a week, you know, even if I'm not there during those allocate hours, I'm there all the time. Come and talk to me. You know, I tried to make myself pretty visible and let people know, Hey, there's lots of different ways you can come and approach me. And I'd be, and if anyone emailed me, I would get back to them. I wouldn't just ignore it. I would respond to them. Or if it was too hard to stay over email, like, let's arrange a phone call. Um, and let's talk about your concerns. I think that's the biggest thing I would try to do to mitigate, uh, mitigate those concerns. But I think sometimes, um, you know, folks for, forget like whether it's student politics or whether it's you know politics outside um you know governmental related but sometimes you forget like you know we're all people too we're all just we're all we're doing is you know putting our name forward to to serve right um the amount uh, the amount you're paid for these positions probably isn't enough for the hours you actually put in right so that's that's another thing um, you're not like I didn't get rich being on suit president. That's for sure. Um, it was a fantastic experience. I would never want to exchange, but it can be it can be tough sometimes. So uh, mm. my advice to folks are uh, around is I mean, just remember we're all people. We make mistakes, um, but we're willing to listen and, and work with one another. At least I am. So that's awesome. Thanks for that answer. And I, there was something that I was really thinking about when you were responding to that answer. And you kind of made, made a point about you know the whole notion of cyberbullying and uh, online harassment. And of course, we're in the age of uh, keyboard warriors and people who are more than happy to go on social media and say things behind you that they would not be able to say to your face. And 
no, it's inevitable. That's kind of where we are right now. But no, I guess you'll be the perfect person to respond to ask this question from considering you've dealt with, you know, thousands of people who have either had positive or negative views about you and have written something about you one way or the other. How do you deal with online bullies? How do you deal with situations where, you know, things are spiraling out of your control? You can't control what people are saying about you online. How do you handle that from a mental perspective and from a practical perspective, at least based on your experience? Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I think one thing that's important to remember, we all have mental health, right? Uh, whether or not, um, you know, uh, one in five people are affected, uh, you know, have a mental illness of some sort, but we all have mental health. We all have day bad days, you know, that's important to remember. And um, I think I, there was a couple of instances I can, I can draw on without giving too much detail because I want to out the people involved, but there was one issue we, uh, you know, we made a certain decision uh, and a few folks uh, were unhappy about it. And I saw a number of things written about me online. And I remember I went to a meeting with the call prince, <laughs> for lack of better words. And I, you know, um, I listened to them, you know, I, and I said I was going in to listen to their concerns. They spoke for well over an hour just listing their concerns. It was getting to the point where it's kind of repeating itself. So then I mm. said, okay, may I say something in response? And then, you know, I tried to respond, I wrote down all the things that everyone said, and I tried to respond to everything I could. And I also said, and like, and you know, and I will also add, like, I see the things you're writing about me online. I want to remind you, I see everything. I'm not going to respond to it because, you know, I have, I have, I would rather invest my energy into more positive things. Um, but I want you to know, like, I'm a person too. And I, you know, I'd say like, imagine if I wrote that about you, I don't think you'd appreciate that. And, you know, I looked around and like, really like looked people in the eyes and I could kind of see, you know, some people are like, it's like a light bulb going off. Like, oh yeah, like she's right. Like, you know, um, whether or not, you know, maybe, maybe I miss, miss, misunderstood like their, you know, their, their, uh, their body language. But I, I felt like I, that, that comment really resonated with folks. I think sometimes you just need to remind it, right. Mm -hmm. um, you know, like even if we look at, you know, what happened in the U.S this election right um republicans versus democrats like it was like it was like wearing a mask was uh, to the point where it was a political statement right mm -hmm. um and uh you know things like that i think sometimes people just forget like everyone's human you know mm. everyone's human and you know you're entitled to different beliefs and that's fine um but at the end of the day you know i think we can all have a conversation regardless of your views and hopefully get along right Absolutely. um yeah. So I think that's the biggest thing. And, you know, sometimes like depending on what it is, like, you know, in, in politics, when, it, when it's involving government, sometimes it is like life and death. Sometimes it is really affecting someone. But when it's a small decision at the student government level, like it's per, like, you know, you can probably get over it. It's probably not that, that, you know, huge of an issue. Mm -hmm. um, you know, of course, if it's involving tuition or other things, and of course, then it's important because, you know, it, it, some folks, you know, um, are in, everyone's in a different position than, than one another. But, um, you know, depending on this, the magnitude of the decision, sometimes it's like, okay, like, does this really, like, is this really keeping me up at night? Right. Mm -hmm. And I, it's something, something I always try to do is pick my battles, mm. you know, it's like, is this really something, you know, worth my time and energy or is it not? Right. Absolutely. Um, you know, and, uh, you know, keeping in consider my, my, my mental health, um, and my well being. I would, I would try and, you know, insert myself where needed and, you know, try and conserve my energy where possible. Cause there was times where it was tough. It was very tough. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you as well. And, you know, usually I would say, you know, focus on what you can control, focus on what is in your control, which is, you know, having conversations, trying to resolve mm -hmm. the issue. And uh, if you're worrying about things that are outside of your control, it's just going to be worse and worse for your mental health. But I do appreciate your answers for that. Um, I, I would like to take a move a little bit further in your career to you know the 
provincial politics. So, you know, you dominated the university politics, if you will. Mm-hmm. And at 23, I believe you were 23 when you decided to run for MLA. Can yep. you just tell me more about that process for you? Why did you decide that that was the next step for you? And what was that like? Well, you know, it's funny because when I, um, I've always been involved um, in politics, like, um, like, like at the outside of student politics, like since I was 18, since I was able to vote, I got myself involved um, in a campaign and um, it's been great. Um, It's really opened a lot of doors. I met so many great people and I've really been grateful for that. And I remember um, um, an MLA um, asked me like, oh, when are you gonna run for us actually? There was a leadership race happening in this this party. And I I, I said, I'm like, oh, I would never run for, you know, provincial government. I just, yeah, I just, I, I see it's very, I just find it a bit divisive and I, I was just like, I don't think I would do that. And I kind of laughed it off and then fast forward. And that was in 2016 that that conversation happened and then for, fast forward to 2019. Um, and um, probably just before that, actually, you know, some folks um, around me started putting in my head like, hey, we should run or you should consider running, you know, the election's coming up soon. Um, and it was actually supposed to be in 2020, um, of course, and the election was called early. But um, what happened was I, to the same person I had that conversation with, I, I let them know like, hey, you know what? Um, I might be interested in, in putting my name forward. And I left it at that. The next thing you know, I'm getting a call from the leader of the, of, uh, of the party saying, hey, let's meet, um, you know, uh, would love would love if you ran um, with us and um, he said you know come with prepared with a list of your questions um, and I met with him I met with uh, um, a few folks that were involved in like the election campaign um, and I had like a list of like two pages of questions that I had to ask and I brought like my good friend with me who ended up being my campaign manager um, alongside with me we both asked lots of questions and at the end of it I think I was already leaning towards I wanted to do it um, but um, I needed kind of some I needed to you know speak to a few more people before that and before I made that official jump because when you make a jump into party politics people see that first before they see you sometimes mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. it's always it's always a bit of a hit or hit or miss I find but ultimately I decided to do it because of the things that were happening with education in our province. I wasn't happy when I was at the student union. I wasn't happy after I just saw it heading towards a very negative direction. I wasn't happy about that. Hmm. Um, I think investing in education um, is one of the best investments we can make into our future. Mm. Um, of course, investing in, you know, um, issues that tackle um, climate change, of course, healthcare, et cetera. Um, but in terms of investing in our young people, I think education is the way to go. Mm. And, um, and I just, you know, I saw things like, you know, tuition being increased, um, it becoming more inaccessible you know, um, more barriers to, uh, to populations that already face barriers. And I wasn't liking the way it was heading. And I didn't like the way that the, the current government operates um, in terms of the notifying people, right? Mm. So like there was decisions made like pretty much overnight. Sometimes mm. we, we wouldn't even get a warning that, hey, this is actually going to happen. Um, we would hear it, you know, kind of in passing once in a while. And, it, you know, it just things like that kind of added up and it really fueled my fire. I'm like, no, like I need to get ahead of this. I need to, you know, do something about it. Um, you know, I consider myself an advocate for people. Um, and, you know, I really need to put, you know, my money where my mouth is type, you know, type of thing. Mm. Um, and, um, I decided to do it and, you know, it was a great experience. Obviously I didn't win, uh, but nonetheless, um, you know, really, really glad that I did it. Absolutely. And do you think you're going to run again in the future, perhaps? 
Um, I wouldn't say no. Um, it was a very great experience. And I would say my provincial government um, election experience uh, was much more positive than was a student election experience. Oh. Um, just because, you know, the stakes are a bit higher and people are a little less personal, right? Mm. Um, and, um, you know, I had some great conversations with, with people. Obviously, a few people that didn't want to hear from me because of the party I identified with. But nonetheless, overall, very positive experience. Um, and even if people didn't necessarily agree with me, we had some great conversations. Um, and I really felt as though that I actually won some votes. You know, some people will just vote um, for a party regardless of who's running. Um, but some people, you know, they'll take the time, research, they want to talk to you. Um, and, you know, I would say many folks that, that took the time to call me, you know, to meet with me, uh, talk to me at their doorstep, whatever it was, um, I, you know, regardless of whether or not they cast a vote for me after, they, I think they felt very good about the conversation. Mm. Um, and that's what I gathered from them, or at least that's what was communicated back to me. Mm. Um, you know, obviously, I was in some cases as prejudged because obviously I'm a young person running. Um, so obviously there was that, that bit of um um you know uh kind of like that that speed bump along the way but once we've uh, passed that and we had a really fruitful conversation folks are, okay this is a legit candidate running uh she knows her stuff um you know she's really trying she's out there she's visible in the community mm. um so um yeah so it's just very very positive experience and um no, it was about 880 votes shy. So not, not too, not too close. It was, wasn't too close. I was like, oh, we could have worked a little harder, but it was, um, but it was close enough that it was competitive. Um, and I felt good about it after saying, you know what, we run a really strong campaign. We can see that. Um, and, um, you know, if we had more time, who knows, but um, also I felt good, good enough about it. That was a bit further apart. Hmm. It wasn't like, you know, if we had a couple more hours in the day, we could have gotten that done. So it was, right. it was a good, it was a good distance. I'd say. Absolutely. That's so inspiring to listen to. Uh, my next question for you is, uh, you know, our listeners, right? So our listeners, some of them are perhaps interested in, in politics, especially over the last four years, politics has become center stage for everybody, mostly from the American experience of politics and even into the Canadian side of things. What would your, your word of advice or, you know, uh, words of wisdom for someone who is you not know, particularly young, you know, you, you were 23 when you ran, someone who's thinking, I have all of these issues that are very important to me, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, what is healthcare, education, and you're thinking maybe I'm actually open to running or maybe I'm open to getting involved one way or the other. What would be your advice to someone who is in that state of mind? How can they get involved? What's the first step they should be taking uh, to bring that, you know, vision of their politics alive? Yeah. So I think the first thing you, you should do is, you know, get involved in causes that you care about, you know, whether it's a volunteering with a local community, uh, community club, community organization, you know, family resource center, whatever it is, not-for-profit charity, um, you know, um, sports league, like it doesn't really matter what it is, but get yourself involved in the community um, as, as, whichever way you can. You don't necessarily you have to get involved um, with a political party you can um, but it really depends on what your what your vision um, what your goals are um, but get involved get involved for the right reasons right no one likes the person that count gets involved and said oh I want to run eventually so I'm just here or oh this will look good on my resume so I'm here you know I never really resonated with those people anytime I did something and I would talk to you know uh, folks about in the community like oh I do this this that and they're like wow that probably looks great on your resume it's like yeah, but that's not why I'm doing it, right? <laughs> like I'm doing because I like it, I care about it, um, you know, and I, that's really important because people can can sniff through that. They can see when, when you're there for the right reasons and when you're not, right? Mm. And when you're there just to, you know, um, attend a meeting, but you're not actually adding value, right? You're not 
actually, um, you know, participating um, and you're just there to say that you, you were there, right? Like, mm. you know, you really, if you want to, if you want to participate, really participate, you know, go, the, go, you know, volunteer as much as you can, you know, participate in the discussions, do what you can in that sense. Um, and if you, you know, have, a, if you want to put your name on a ballot, first of all, it's very easy to be a candidate, I should say, like, is um, like I actually before provincial government before even AMSU I ran for school trustee mm. in the 2014 municipal election I was 18 years old because I looked at the criteria what do you need to be to be a school mm. trustee and it said you need to be 18 you need to be a Canadian citizen and you need to live in the area where you want to run I said okay I made all three of those so let's mm -hmm. do it right um, and uh, school board trustees are relatively um, you know they're folks that are retired generally mm. um and um and I'm, I'm not making ages comment by any means i think <laughs> anyone is capable of doing it but you know i to myself thought like well like you know i just got the k-12 system you know maybe i should contribute and actually give my two cents about you know what, what i think about it but um it, it definitely um and another part of it is also the positive angle um mm. you know i spoke about why i put my name on the ballot when i was eight, when i was running for provincial government because I wasn't happy about the education changes. Mm. That being said, my platform wasn't to say, oh, they're doing X, Y, and Z wrong. That might have motivated and fueled why I ran. But at the end of it, I still need to sell myself to people as to why they should vote for Tanjit Nagra mm. on their ballot, right? And me talking down my opponents doesn't do that, right? I need to talk about what I've done for the community, what I will want to do for the community. And, mm. you know, hopefully that will win me some votes, right? Mm. Obviously, there are some folks that are angry and upset and will vote against, um, will vote against the current uh, government. We see that all the time. Um, but nonetheless, you need to really, you know, um, advocate for yourself and say why you're the best candidate for them, you're the best fit for them. So so make sure you you know why you want to run. Um, Absolutely. Is, is, is a big deal. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for the wonderful response. And basically, what I'm hearing from you is, you know, in terms of value and, you know, working in the community, giving out value, Sounds like uh, it sounds very similar to one of the principles I operate on, which is, you know, give out more in value than what you ask for in payments. So if you're putting yourself out there, you're volunteering your time, it should not just be for what you're going to get in payment, which is you no know, looking good on your resume or trying to get a, a job or whatever. But it's actually adding so much more in value than what you take in payments that, you know, people can see that you're not just there for whatever benefits you're going to be getting but you're actually there to impact one way or the other. So based on our conversation, you know, community involvement is something that is very, very important to you. It's something that you're very passionate about, clearly, you know, based on how you've spoken about it, it really means a lot to you. And I know your current work uh, with a nonprofit, Take It Global, is very much aligned with that work. Can you share some more uh, information or can you just give me more information about your current work at Take It Global, why that is important to you and what you're doing in the community? Yeah, of course. So um, currently, I uh, I work as a manager of grants administration and grantee support at uh, Taking It Global. So it's a it's a not for profit organization based in Toronto, but it has national even international outreach uh, reach as well. Um, and I work on a program uh, that's called Rising Youth. It's a community service grants program. It's funded by the federal government, government of Canada through the Canada Service Corps. And um, essentially, uh, they're youth grants. They're for youth ages 15 to 30. And uh, they're up for up to $1,500. Um, essentially, youth can apply and do a community initiative, something they're passionate about to give back to the community. Um, and um, it, essentially, it's a foster leadership, uh, it's to a foster community involvement, um, and you know, ha have youth engaged and doing something positive in their community. Um, it, they're, our, our grants are 
fairly easy to get. Um, and afterwards, all we ask is that um, that a report is submitted, you know, with relevant receipts, pictures, etc., um, uh, so that we can then report back to the government on the progress of the grants and kind of share some of the success stories as well. Mm. Um, and we do a lot of outreach, um, especially um, to underrepresented communities uh, within Canada. So, um, and in order to be eligible, um, you have to be in between the ages, of course, of 15 and 30. Uh, you have to either be a Canadian citizen, a permanent resident, or a refugee um, in Canada. Um, unfortunately, the grants aren't available for international students in those on work permits, uh, mm. but they can be involved in a project and work with mm. someone um, who is eligible. And um, yeah, we've, we've seen a lot of different things. Uh, because of COVID right now, uh, we've seen a lot of uh, virtual projects, you know, workshops online, you know, whether about mental health, whether about uh, storytelling, um, you know, uh, art projects virtually, um, lots of community care projects as well. Um, if, uh, you know, youth wanting to uh, build, um, you know, uh, kind of like care baskets or something for, for those that are underrepresented, um, mm. you know, whether the homeless population, um, seniors, you know, um, are working with an organization that is reaching out to communities where they do need um, extra supplies and PPE or whatever yeah. it may be. So, so lots of those types of projects. Um, yeah, so it's, it's been an interesting challenge. I started the role in April. Before that, I was uh, working with uh, with the same company on the same uh, on the same program, but I was a youth engagement activator for the province of Manitoba. So mm. my role was to build partnerships um, here, uh, do presentations to youth, um, help with grants review, mm. um, you know, kind of assist our alumni, like kind of a bit of everything. So now we've kind of separated the into three branches. Mm. Um, so I, yeah, I'm managing the grants administration. So I, um, uh, I oversee the process of when um, someone applies um, to our application uh, to our to our program and it submits an application to the point where uh, we do follow up and then um, eventually hopefully they get approved and mm. uh, pass approval as well or post approval um, kind of reviewing um, um, you know, uh, reviewing um, and following up and making sure that the project is done if mm. there's any issues. Um, there um, and ensuring once it's done a report back is filed and then afterwards you become an alumni and mm. then my colleague kind of um, has a bit of an alumni program that's that started up so um, yeah so I kind of oversee that uh, that um, that process and I'm managing a team um, that's uh, that's uh, scattered across eastern Canada um, mm. so it's been an uh, it's been an interesting challenge but a good one. Absolutely. And that's a fantastic program. And my next question is a follow up on that. You know, for our listeners who are, you know, youths between 15 and 30, um, why should they be interested in a program like this? And what is the value of this a program like this to their career and to their success moving forward? Why should they be interested? Um, I think that, you know, if, if especially right now, because there's less to do, mm. um, you know, um, it's definitely a great way to do something positive with your spare time. Um, you know, I think uh, for a lot of us, uh, you know, once once you're once you're done work or done school for the day, you might want to do something to unwind. You know, whether that be exercise or watch Netflix, etc. Uh, this is something you know, if you're wanting to give back, um, that's a really positive thing you can do. Um, another benefit um, after you complete your project, you actually get a signed certificate from the prime minister himself. Um, so because uh, the Canada Service Corps. Was 
which funds us um, is a, as a branch under the Minister of Youth um, for the federal government, which um, currently is Minister Bartish Chagger, uh, but it used to be the Prime Minister himself. Uh, he was also the Minister of Youth. So, mm. um, so um, he's, nonetheless, you still get a certificate signed by him. So that's kind of cool to get that. So if anyone's interested in doing that, it's a, it's a great way to, to get yourself involved. Absolutely. Thanks, Danjic. Now, uh, one of the uh, topics or I guess uh, areas that I have been very passionate about is uh, the areas of soft skills. I know a lot of people don't like to call them soft skills anymore because they're just as important as hard skills, but Mm -hmm. uh, soft skills slash uh, emotional intelligence. And for yourself, I feel like with all your experience working with the community, working with people, having a sort of people facing uh, role in your career so far, what would you say is the importance of skills like this in professionals, whether at a university level or actually you know, get into the workforce, what would you see at the importance of the skills and how have you developed the skills yourself? Yeah, it's extremely important. Like I think um, one thing, one thing I think I, I do, and sometimes I forget almost, um, but uh, um, you know, from a young age, I was always very shy and very introverted. And I always like, anytime I enter a situation, I would just kind of listen and, you know, kind of keep to myself. Um, which honestly, I thought benefited me uh, as an adult, because, you know, I meet new people, you know, I kind of, you know, kind of listen to the conversation. It's like, it's like when you go to hang out with a group of friends, um, and, and, you know, you're, you're friends with one person, but you don't know the others, and you're mm. kind of there, you know, you kind of observe a little bit first, you know, what are people like, you know, what's their sense of humor, you know, um, you know, how do they talk, etc. Um, you know, take that, take that time to kind of like, you know, listen and socially learn, if you will, um, to your surroundings. So you want to go in and kind of say something that's totally off the cuff and offend people either right uh, for an example um but um i think i think that listening piece is really important i think it's really important uh for folks that are in any sort of leadership role because you really need to understand your audience who you're speaking to you know um is what i'm saying you know is it resonating with people is it upsetting someone um you know even as a position as a manager right like um you know taking that time to, if you can kind of tell, like, you know, someone seems stressed or, Mm. you know, one of your team members or colleagues, um, you know, taking the time to, you know, kind of um, be there for them so that, you know, they, they appreciate you being there. um, But, um, you know, you're, you're not necessarily, you know, that manager, that typical person, that's just like, you know, really dull, like, this is what you need to get done, get it done. I don't care about your feelings. Like, you know, people, you know, you really need to be aware of those types of things now. And, mm. um, you know, if you read any article about, you know, what's a workplace organization where um, people stay and they stay involved, uh, it's because they're having a good experience and that's a well-rounded experience, right? You know, um, you know, I was reading an article the other day about, um, about why, why employees stay at a workplace. It's because, you know, one, one component is salary and how much they're getting paid. But also, is there room for them to be mentored? Is there, you know, do they feel as though, um, you know, their concerns are heard at work? You know, are they supported? You know, things like that, um, you know, are really important. Um, That's something, you know, when I'm working on a team, I really try and foster that positive environment where we can support one another, um, but um, also um, still be productive, get our work done. Um, But, you know, if someone's having a tough day, you know, how can we help each other? How can we adapt? Mm. Um, and really kind of, you know, at the end of the day, we're all working together to, to you know, towards a goal. 
um, you know, and um, though sometimes we can get siloed, you know, taking the time to communicate with one another, you know, if something is, ch- is troubling you, something's challenging you, let's take a moment, let's talk about it. Um, those types of things are really, really important um, these days. And, you know, that's why we, you know, I think um, more and more workplaces, at least, you know, I'm grateful for mine, um, you know, things like employee assistance programs, you know, like uh, additional, like, you know, on top of like the health benefits you get uh, with full-time employment, uh, but other things as well, you know, other mental health resources. I think more and more um, organizations and companies are taking um, taking that into consideration, um, mm. you know, because we're talking about it more as a society. And I think that's really important. So mm. um, it's it's really important to kind of understand um, and engage, um, you know, what's appropriate, what's not um, mm. as well. Um, and um, it's uh, it's always an interesting, um, interesting experience as a manager, because, you know, when I can tell someone's kind of in a you know, in a position where they might be stressed or something's bothering them, you know, I, I, you have to be careful on how you ask as well, because you don't want to be prying into their personal information either. Mm. Um, but you want to be there and show that you're, you're supportive and, you know, um, and, um, and, you know, really, it really, uh, I think, for, at least with my team members, I think it's resonated. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, I think, I think just, just approach it genuinely, you know, mm. I think if someone's done something wrong, um, if I know, like, you know, I think something's going on, mm. I'm going to approach it, you know, like in, in a more um proactive way rather than like hey you did this wrong what happened right Mm. so i think like you know understanding those cues and how to approach a situation is super important and Mm. is important to anyone in a leadership position but anyone really um, that's working on a team um Mm. today i think i think those soft skills are really really important absolutely i definitely agree with you tangent and generally when i think about soft skills whether it's a profession professional or in business or any area i I generally think of four areas and the first one is awareness so you know you you mentioned a a lot about listening and you know for you to listen you have to be aware of the situation and know i have to listen now and you know it's very easy to talk 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 but you you have to be aware of where you are to be able to actually listen and force yourself Mm -hmm. to listen and the second thing i always think about is regulation so regulation is all about you know really disciplining yourself sometimes you just want to jump into the conversation and you just want to say whatever is on your mind and you're not really actively listening but regulation is all about just okay okay i need to listen now i need to just keep quiet and shut up and i need need to be in the moment and then the third thing i always think about is empathy and empathy is all about you know putting yourself in another person in shoes right and really trying to understand where they're coming from so not only just listening to the words but really being actively involved in that conversation and understanding what they're trying to pass across to you and then the last thing is uh, you know skilled relationship which is basically combining all of that in our daily lives and knowing when to you know listen when to talk and when to you know be empathetic when to uh, say nice things to other people so i think uh, you're very right all of these things are very very important and clearly in your career you've demonstrated all of this to have this level of success you've had now uh, my last questions that i will try to ask you is um, um, when the pandemic and of course the pandemic has changed uh, a lot of things Uh, my first question on that end is you know how has the pandemic affected you Uh, what are uh, what are the challenges you've seen and you've Mm -hmm. experienced by as a result of the pandemic and how are you you know walking through them how are you overcoming them how are you dealing with them well um the pandemic has been interesting I um, definitely my work like um, because we are scattered across Canada we are already really relying on um, you know the virtual meeting and everything and I remember um, when I joined um, taking it global um, and joined the team and I think it was April of 2019 is when I joined Mm -hmm. and um, they um, 
yeah, in April 2019. I'm just making mm-hmm. sure the date's correct in my head. And um, I remember they um, had asked uh, me like, oh, are you comfortable with, um, you know, like, like working with Google Docs, like working, you know, like, like working on, you know, these online tools and everything. I was like, oh yeah, like I'm a student, like we mm-hmm. rely almost heavily, right? Because, uh, you know, pursuing MBA, um, you know, heavily reliant on um, every, you know, type of collaboration tool because of all the group work you do. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't really realize it to an extent to they used it until I really got, I was like, wow, they are serious about these online um, tools and, mm-hmm. um, you know, like just meeting virtually with folks. Like we use WebEx at our work. Mm-hmm. Uh, we use Zoom sometimes, but we have a partnership with um, Cisco WebEx for another one of our programs that we offer. So mm-hmm. uh, we're pretty loyal to them. And um you know, I got used to that and to the point where, um, you know, even um, with some of my school group work, like sometimes you'd have to meet with a group. I'd be like, hey, can we meet online? Like, I'll send everyone a link. And I think for some, it was like a foreign concept. Like, oh, you want to meet like virtually? Like, I'm like, well, yeah, I don't want to go to campus on a Saturday if I don't need to. Right. Like, you know, those types of things. So I was already trying to like get people to do it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'll, obviously after the pandemic, I think the biggest shift for me uh, was one, um, obviously less community events to attend, less people, less people to see mm-hmm. uh, which was good and bad because then I was able to fo- reshift my focus on other things I was just starting a new role mm-hmm. um, it really uh, gave me the opportunity to really focus on that which um, ultimately I was grateful for but also like you know it, we did miss out on a lot this summer um, mm-hmm. which, which I was bummed about but um, and then and then to another extent um, you know my classes were then online which was an interesting experience for some I think it was easy for some um, you know I think it was harder to kind of have that online um, you know, have that online, um, experience and it was just challenging depending on the course you're in. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was a bit of an adjustment. Um, I actually didn't mind online exams. Some of them were a bit more tougher I found, mm-hmm. uh, but also some of them ended up being open book, which was kind of nice because, mm-hmm. you know, you didn't have to necessarily take the time to memorize everything as I kind of do when I study. So, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> so there was that, but, um, I think the one thing that I've, tr- uh, I, I struggle with, and I think others are too, um, is just getting in that exercise and that physical activity. I think that was the biggest thing, which mm. I'm, I'm getting back into now, which I'm grateful for. And um, yeah, but I think that was the biggest thing at the get go that I really kind of struggled with. I'm like, oh, how do I like stay inside? And like, you know, and, like I was never one to like, um, you know, like I would always either like go to a spin class or go to the gym or, you know, those types of things. I, uh, um, or go for a walk or jog or something. I never really kind of like stayed at home and, and did my home workouts. I used to when I was younger, but now I'm like, you know, I'm kind of beyond that point. I like to go with places where there's machines and everything. So that was the biggest challenge for me, I think, um, it, on a personal level. And then, yeah, professionally, I think just, you know, uh, being able to, um, you know, miss out on those, um, um, on those uh, community events, I think was, was tough because you really look forward to those types of things. So Absolutely. That, was, that was definitely challenging. Yeah. And last question for you, any words of advice for our listeners, uh, you know, people who, uh, you know, struggling with their their mental health at this time of the, uh, at this phase of the pandemic we find ourselves or Mm -hmm. who are trying to move their career to the next level or who are trying to engage with the community, any uh, words of advice or perspective you'd like to share? Sure. Yeah. Um, I think one, like, you know, everyone's in the same boat and, um, you know, um, 
have a friend uh, that you, or a group of friends that you can or family that you can get together for, you know, for like at least a weekly like Zoom call or something um, or FaceTime, whatever it is. Um, and, uh, you know, keep in touch. My friends and I, you know, when the lockdown started back in March, we would do um, virtual wine nights and game hmm. nights. So we'd play like a game virtually like online and on a Zoom. And uh, it was always really fun. Um, so I would recommend doing those, um, you know, keep in touch with people. I think the biggest thing is just like the social connectedness that we're missing. Right. And, mm. um, it, you know, take the time, but, um, you know, it's so important to stay home, um, and to isolate, uh, especially, you know, um, as it, as the, you know, cases rise, mm. um, in Manitoba, for example, and, and beyond. So, um, it's really important that, you know, this virus is still around. We still need to take it seriously. Mm. Um, but, you know, make sure, you know, call and check in on and, and others as well. And, um, you know, I, I try and do that with, um, friends. I, I, I don't normally always uh, call on a, on a, you know, daily or weekly basis. I try and make sure I talk to them, you know, every so often just to check and see how they're doing. Mm. Um, cause definitely I think a lot of folks are feeling that isolation, um, these days. So, you know, take the time, you know, look out for one another and, um, mm. I think that that's what community is all about. Right. So it's absolutely uh, it's really important. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I do agree as well. You know, for myself, uh, one of the ways I have navigated this pandemic, uh, it's a little bit of a selfish reason. That's kind of why I started this podcast, really, because mm -hmm. I really miss you know, connecting with people, having, you know, real in-depth, philosophical, meaningful conversations. And I felt, you know what, maybe other people are missing that as well. And maybe I should have a podcast and have these conversations with people like yourself and uh, have a little bit of, you know, wisdom, you know, from your experience, but also just generally communicate with people and get to, you know, uh, improve relationships with people. So uh, that mm -hmm. has uh, been one of the reasons why I did it. I've done this. Tangent, it's been a huge pleasure having you on my, on my show. Uh, there's been so much you've shared with me that I really appreciate it. And I'm sure our listeners will appreciate it as well. And I'm sure in the future, uh, we will have you again at some point, but it's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. <laughs>